Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast. Where's the comic book problem? Shake the shit out of it. Uh, I know, groovy. Hey, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This is uh, our second book of our summer lovin' uh, with a book that uh, I read a long time ago and reread now, and it didn't uh, didn't change much. But anyway, <laughs> we are reading Strangers in Paradise by Terry Moore, the first volume. He did three volumes of it. The first volume is three comics, so luckily it was short um, and painless. We'll get other people's opinions on it. Uh, but we will go in reverse time frame order. So, I am here in California. Mr. Todd is here in California. I am. Uh, Mr. Adam is in Utah. Hello. And Ms. Lena. Ms. Mrs. What do you prefer? Ms. I'm not married. Ms. Not yet, know, at but like, least. <laughs> but there's like Ms. and there's like Miss. You know what well, I mean? Like, Miss. Yes. Technically, it would be Miss. It wouldn't be Ms. Because Ms. is uh... a really annoying wrestler on WWE. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that too. And annoying member of the real world. That's a totally different the issue. Miz? I think Ms. is supposed to be like a um, although I guess technically it would be a mid, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's all a bunch of BS anyway. So uh, it was like Gloria Steinem, yeah, burn your bra women thing. And so like I figured that was like you know a feminist title seemed appropriate for you. So that was what I was going to go with if uh, if that's what you wanted. This is way too much conversation about this shit. I don't even yeah. know if it's going to make it. In the show. Yeah, no one it's, fucking cares. Hi, I'm Lena. What up? <laughs> There we go. We'll see how much of that lasted. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Strangers in Paradise, what you really need to know is that Terry Moore wanted to do a weekly comic, but didn't want to have to do a gag a week. So, he wrote a book about two female friends who get into hijinks. One has lesbian tendencies if she is not a lesbian and has a crush on her other roommate. And uh, her roommate is a cliche woman who lives and dies by her relationships with terrible, terrible men. Um, I feel like that's about as much explanation as this book needs. Needs. Did I miss anything there? Well, it's only one man. Well, yes, and, but like, yeah. And the friend doesn't have lesbian tendencies. She does come out to the what the whatever the guy's name is. The art dude. Yeah, and oh, yeah. says that she's not interested in men. Well, that's right. So. Sure. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. So yeah. She and, uh, is a lesbian. Yeah. The picture of yeah. the Adonis. Well, oh, that's I right. Don't- I don't know if we can do this, because Gay Pride was last month, so I don't think we can have another lesbian kind of comic. I hate to tell you this, but I think next week's book's a gay comic as well, actually. Oh, God. Yeah, so. Why don't they just stay in their box? I know, right? Seriously. We give them one the month. month of July. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> or we give you one month a year, and you just start taking over everything. Speaking of taking over everything, Adam, what is your cocktail for this week? Uh, yeah, what so our cocktail, cocktail this week is called Freddy's Little Clown. Uh, it's two <laughs> ounces of vodka, one ounce of lime juice, a half ounce of simple syrup, uh, four thin cucumber slices. Uh, and then you're going to use some ghost pepper salt for garnish. What you're going to do is uh, take a shaker. You're going to add the simple syrup and the cucumber slices. You're going to muddle it. Add the vodka, simple syrup, and lime juice. Fill with ice. Shake the shit out of it. Straight into a glass with one large ice cube. And then you're going to garnish with a small pinch of the ghost pepper salt, which I do have. And it is wonderful, but it is potent. So. I can imagine. Ghost pepper. Also, speaking of ice cubes and drinks, uh, Todd, I did recreate your cherry cordial. And it is oh, quite lovely. Uh, but I do need to have the, the large ice cubes. I don't have those fancy ones. Hey. I know. Stop. Cool. Uh, well, let's jump into some drinking game rules. I am wondering if someone's going to steal mine, but we will uh, leave it open to chance. Lena, what's your drinking game rule? Uh, not all men. Uh, anytime there is a man that isn't a total misogynist, take a drink. Uh, okay. You won't drink that much with that one. No, you won't. No. That's yeah. why I didn't say little sips. <laughs> <laughs> At this point. Yeah. It really Do a full isn't... fucking shot. Really. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. yeah. 
Mr. Todd. Well, that's a little over the top. Anytime a character is acting overly dramatic or everything's elevated to 11, take a sip. No, that was that almost is, mine. No, that is little sips. Little sips, yeah. Little sips. <laughs> little sips. Uh, Mr. Adam. Okay, so mine is called the Joss Whedon effect. Uh, basically, oh. every single time you're like, was this written by Joss Whedon? Because this woman can't be powerful until a man hurts her. Yeah. Uh, take a drink. Speaking of which, have you watched the uh, the Nevers? No. No, I've been going through Invincible right now. Uh, so the Nevers, it's on uh, HBO Max. My mom was in town this last week as well. I've got a lot of visitors this week. Ellen goes out of town and like everyone comes and stays in my place. It's great. Uh, but uh, I watched it the first two episodes and it's written by Joss Whedon and you're like, oh, yeah, no. I like, can see that. Obviously the guy is not aware of the criticism that is written about him and his tendency towards female characters, but that's okay. Um, and my drinking game rule is titties! Every time there's references to boobs or boobs are flashed or nudity is implied, uh, take a drink, yeah. which is a big piece of this uh, book. Anyway, uh, Lena, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm happy it was short. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy it was short. I, and yet it still seemed too long. Uh, so I appreciate the, 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 be like, actually, I don't appreciate anything in this fucking book. This was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was very bad. Um, I don't like the fact that you had two girlfriends that went to college or went to high school together, um, and then ended up living together, which, by the way, I was real confused at the beginning because it went from high school to them, yeah, living mm-hmm. together. And I was like, wait, why is her friend, I'm like, is her friend in the room? There's like a small little thing in the corner that says 10 years later. Like, well, and I missed that. I had to go back because I was like, did I, I'm like, did I miss something? I was like, okay, so we jumped ahead like quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like the fact that it's like, here's this, these two girlfriends, one's kind of wild. The other one's a total pushover. Well, I shouldn't say total pushover, but like, I don't know. She was just stereotypical girl, I guess. Yeah. And, um, and then the, the one that's like the crazy one is in love with her and she makes a move and then she doesn't, but then it's like this whole thing. And I, the, the, and the boyfriend was a total dickhead. Yeah. Um, and then and he she be, she finds him cheating on her, and then she go they meet up at the park and she just strips and decides that she'll fuck him in the park because yeah. he's been waiting. It's like I am so confused why this like how is this it just feels very much like women are there for men. Yeah. And the women that want to be with other women are sketchy and man-hating in the way that they are, which mm-hmm. I know quite a few lesbians that don't hate men. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just very, it's like every stereotype you could throw in one book, they did. And yeah. it just, and even her reason, and the Francine's reasoning for not sleeping with Freddie was because she was afraid he was going to leave her. And I want to be like, honey, um, yeah. he's going to leave you either way. Like, yeah. sleep with yeah. him, don't sleep with them. He's a dirtbag. Yeah. Like, so the, the whole reasoning, everything, it just felt like, let's take every cliche that we we could, and not only that, then when could could chook or could chook, whatever the fuck her name is. When she goes after Freddie, and then she was like, I was gonna castrate him, and then I realized there wasn't anything there. And so it's like him all strung up with the magnifying glass in front of his junk and everything. And I'm just like, uh, you know, not to sit here and 
say that there weren't a ton of misogynists in this fucking book, but this was like, no one was likable. Everyone was yeah. a stereotype to the most extreme that you could go. And it was just like, I have no idea. What is this about? Like, what was the point of this? Sounds like the concept of Seinfeld. <laughs> well, I mean, and this was what written in 95 or so. And it does feel very 90s. It feels like right. the representation of lesbians in this felt very similar to uh, Chasing Amy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, yeah it felt true. very similar to that. Um, so it did feel very part of his time. The thing that I've just always found weird about Terry Moore in general is he always ends up on these lists of like popular comics of uh, like whatever. And I bought this book probably early in my comic reading days and then never finished reading the series, which is not like me. If I like the series even remotely, I will probably buy every fucking book. Like, I still... I like the first couple books of um, uh, Squirrel Girl. I have all 12 volumes. There's 12 volumes? There's 12 volumes. Is there? <laughs> It's not great. Like, it's not great, but I have all 12 fucking volumes. So, like, you know, it falls off It falls off real hard, real fast. Um, so, like, I w and so when this came up, like, I was looking for, like, romance comics. This came up on the list. I'm like, oh, yeah, I own this. I remember reading it. It's been, like, 10 years. I'll reread it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why I never continued on it. But the other thing is, is Todd was talking a little bit about, like, Terry Moore is a problematic figure. He has another comic called Echo mm -hmm. that I read. And, like, it was another one of those books that was recommended by something. It's a female character, whatever. And it's like, he has this creepy way of, like, trying to write strong quote-unquote female characters and making the male gaze feel real fucking creepy while doing it. Yes. Like, yes. It's just, there's something just sort of like, you just feel a little icky reading and, and his, his art style and whatever. Like, because the characters are kind of endearing, sort of, but like, he draws them in a way that almost makes it feel like you're gazing at them slightly perverted. Like, I don't know. It's, there's like a weird little male fantasy, male gaze sort of thing to it that I just, I can't put my finger on, but it kind of weirds me out. But kind of makes me think that he's probably a little creepy. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because, sure. yeah, it's just this this felt like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, like, it kind of reminds me, really, my gateway drug into comics was, mm -hmm. I was I was reading Daniel Clown's stuff, um, who wrote, like, Ghost World and um, a bunch of other shit. But, like, at the time, when I wasn't going to actual comic shops, that was the shit that was available at, like, Best Buy and shit. Not Best Buy. Barnes and, Barnes and Noble and shit like that. But, like, do I like his books? Yeah. Um, do I want to ever meet the guy. No. Because, yeah. like, he yeah. kind of comes off as kind of creepy and kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, in, like, a in kind of an uncomfortable... If someone were to say, hey, by the way, he was arrested for whatever, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. And maybe he's a perfectly nice guy. And maybe he just taps into that side of himself for his writing. That's 100% possible. That's how sometimes people deal with whatever weird fucking things are in their brains or whatever. I get it. And maybe he's a perfectly reasonable guy. But reading his books, do I, th I think they're interesting stories, but they always seem to have elements that I'm kind of going, yeah, like, I have his books, but sometimes I'm a little, like, self-conscious if someone goes, oh, you have books by this guy, and I'm like, yeah, I do. I didn't know uh, better back then. Yeah, well, and I mean, and the other thing, too, is 100%, like, full disclosure, a lot of that shit I also read when I was still kind of in my venturing out of the Mormon womb into the bigger real world, so, like, sometimes there are things that are probably relatively benign, but as my naive self, um, at least more naive than I am now, I would say, uh, California's grown me up a little bit, but, like, I felt weird about it. Like, there's a scene in Daniel Boring where, like, he likes the girl's butt, and, like, there's a scene about him grabbing, like, his girlfriend, like, 
good relationship, whatever. And like, just like having his hands all over her ass. And for some reason at the time, that made me really uncomfortable in a comic sense. I don't know why. I'm sure I was just fucking naive as shit, which there's another story that this book reminds me of. But before I completely ramble on, Mr. Todd, what are your thoughts? That Brian and his non-naivety age is all about grab ass day. Yes. I'm, I mean, grab your be careful because you're sitting right next to me. I so, am, right? You know. I can't, I can't see both of Brian's hands either, so. Yeah. And you won't for the rest of the show. That's right. He's got him on my <laughs> no butt right Would now. you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a stinky hand, though. Oh, wait. So totally sidetracked before Todd, yes. because, you, because, Adam, you said, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? Uh, there is a movies pop-up opening. Oh, yeah. Vendor, oh, is there? Uh, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Or, not this weekend, but next weekend, the weekend of Memorial Day. And uh-huh. I got Sasquatch and I reservations to go, but you have to like pre-order your food and everything, but he, and he I don't know is even if he even knows what it is, but as soon yeah. as I saw that this movies <laughs> thing popped up, I was yeah. like, I have to, yeah. I have to, because I didn't see Clerks 2 and a lot of mm-hmm. the like stuff that Kevin Smith has done recently, I've been like, mm-hmm. Clerks 2 was his last good thing in my opinion. But I adore Mallrats. Yeah. Um, I love Dogma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you can not love Dogma Especially because it pissed off it's the Christian out of print so bad. Well, no, it's not even that it's out of print, and it will never be on digital either. Purely because of of um, rights and everything, because of all the backlash that happened with the Christian right with every with, really. By really? the way, still cracks me the fuck up that they were so against this movie when in reality he wasn't really being blasphemous at all. Really, it it no. really felt like somebody going through a crisis of faith mm-hmm. and then There's coming back right there yeah like yeah. it was i literally have a buddy christ on my desk that i'm showing everyone on camera which, that by the way i was in francis of his so i was i was in assisi in, in italy mm-hmm. and assisi is basically a church with a village around it yeah and um they had a buddy christ figure in oh, that's they awesome. have them all over that's and so all cool. of the the souvenir shops in assisi they have buddy christ so buddy christ is all over italy too that's fucking which, awesome and, and Let's be clear with the Catholics. Um, Jesus is kind of big there, so yeah, yeah. that's like a thing. So the yeah. fact that he's all over it just makes me laugh that so many Christians were so like, "This is blasphemous," and it's like actually it wasn't blasphemous at all. Yeah. It was a really well done story. Yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't being mean or any like it was. It was actually it, anyway. It's one that of has my a favorites. Demon. Yeah, uh, my favorite of his is definitely like, you're mad at something with a rubber poop monster, like really. Yeah. Really fucking chill out. Well, and, so, and here's the thing. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, Lena, is that if you go back and watch the movie, which I really want to because I want to show Clark, but like they're all out of, like it's hard to find them anywhere. And I used it's to own them. It's on YouTube. Oh, is it on YouTube? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I watched it and I remember it was it was funny because I interviewed him and he's like, I'm really doing the work of the Lord with dick and fart jokes. Yeah. And if you go and look at it, he's not making fun of religion itself or your beliefs. He's making fun of like the title of the movie says, Dogma. I mean, the yeah. whole thing that if because of what the Cardinal's doing, that the angels can pass through and be forgiven of sin. It's just because they had all this faith in a stupid verse in the Bible that wasn't relevant to what was happening, but because they believed it, it had to have been true. Yeah. And you see that all over the place with, and not just religion, you see it with other things too, where it's like, well, this one thing right here that I cherry-picked because it really makes me feel happy and warm and fuzzy because it backs up my belief, this is the right thing. And then Lena's over here like, well, no, I saw this thing over here, and this, and it just goes around and around. When, Lena's and, not opinionated. I don't know what you're talking about. Never, what? no. <laughs> but 
the whole thing is that, yeah, it's it's not making fun of religion. It's not making fun of religious people. It's making fun of their undying belief in things that don't matter. Because well, yeah, the I things think- that they, they're ready to, like, throw arms at is things in the Bible that don't really matter in the long run. Well, it's also, I guess my view on it was it wasn't going after Christianity or Catholicism or anything specific. It was, look at these stupid people on Earth that are, you know, it's not it's not the religion. It's the organized religion of it all. Yeah. That was the issue. And so that's why I'm sure so many people got so up in arms over it. Because no one, because all those people that got all up in arms about it, and I know we're totally off topic with everything we're talking about, but it was purely because they didn't want, no one wanted to watch the movie. Had you watched the movie, you would have realized it really wasn't blasphemous by any means. It's a really, really well done movie. But with that said, I love, you know, I loved Kevin Smith. You also love it because it was filmed in Pittsburgh, too. I mean, I can't. I mean, I, I, I I know. Duh. But- <laughs> and if it, if it wasn't for Jane Silent Bob 2 on another of USQ thing, I mean, how many of us would know about going ask to mouse? I mean, I'd never thought about it. I thought, it I thought that was Clerks 2 that they talked about. Clerks 2. Oh, no, it's Clerks 2. Yeah, Jane Yeah, Clerks 2. Yeah, never mind. So, but like the. So, anyway, so that's why when you when you brought up, would you say, would you like a chocolate covered no, pretzel? Which, pretzel. <laughs> my whole thing is, I know everybody, there seems to be this whole thing that you either love Clerks or you love Mall Rats. And I really, I mean, I love Clerks, but like, because it's the first but mall rats is my favorite purely because i'm with you on the mall rats too i, I love mall rats i yeah. think it's mm-hmm. so good and it's so funny and even though i hate ben affleck he plays such a good jacket like oh, yeah. he's just i mean because i don't think he's actually acting so i think that's <laughs> you just showed up and say do i have lines no you're just gonna walk over there and act yourself yeah. just, oh, act, cool. just be yourself here i mean here's like a general idea of what we're yeah. talking about but like yeah. i just think he's a jackass but um so when i saw that this home because i and again a lot of his the last thing i watched like really of kevin smith's was zach and mary make okay um, also also filmed in mm-hmm. pittsburgh actually yes. filmed in my neck of the woods of pittsburgh i like see her drive down and i'm like that's monroeville holy shit that's my mall and yeah. i was like <laughs> this is i i lived in the next i grew up in the next town over so that's why i was like oh my god this isn't just like some random part of pittsburgh this is my part of pittsburgh so i was yeah. very excited anyway uh, but when I saw that the movies thing was open, I was like, I gotta go. I yeah. have to. Like, it's just, it's, and, and it's this huge thing in Denver right now. It was like, he's, it opens on Friday and it goes through all of Memorial Day weekend. And I could only get time on Memorial Day and like two o'clock in the afternoon or something. <laughs> like, it's right crazy. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I will say this before we move on to Todd. Yeah. Uh, I think if you like, um, if you like Mall Rats, I think you actually will really enjoy uh, Clerks too. That's what I've been told yeah. is that Clerks 2 actually was really good. I just, I, yeah. after uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back came out, they did, he did Jersey Girl. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing. I didn't hate Jersey Girl. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of the reason I didn't hate Jersey Girl is because I love Liv Tyler and George Carlin. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to hate it. Yeah. I really don't like Ben yeah. And so that kind of started to have the, I was like, okay, I think I'm done. And then I watched Zach and Mary make a porno, which wasn't a bad movie. It's just not great. It's okay, it's but just, it's not great. It's there. And what's funny is he, one of my, actually the guy that runs Terrificon mm-hmm. um, knows Kevin Smith very well. And so he had 
had seen the um, movie prior to and had read the script and had said to Kevin, take out the make a porno out of the title. I know you want to be, you know, whatever. He's mm-hmm. like, but you're not going to make the money if you have that in the title. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Just say, just call it Zach and Mary or name it something else, but don't put Zach and Mary make a porno. And that was the big. And so now when you see any of the stuff, when he, like any of the DVDs or anything, it all just says Zach and Zach Mary. And Mary. Yeah. It doesn't say Zach. I and think Mary. it's on Netflix right now under Zach and Mary too, actually. Yeah. So, and might that be. was, that was something that they did after they realized that it was, it was going to be his, like his, you've got mail. It was like his romantic comedy that he was going to do. And mm-hmm. with his own little twist, of course. Um, but the title I think is what kind of stopped Killed people it. from going to see it. Yeah. So well, in Utah, they refused to uh, air it at several theaters because of the title. Yeah. No, yeah. It was like back when they wouldn't no. air Brokeback Mountain, but they had, uh, Hostel 2 playing at the same time. So yeah. That was cute. Yeah, it's because we like torture porn, but... Yeah. Uh, I am corrected. Zach and Mary Make a Porno is the title on uh, Netflix. Anyway, Todd, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, as we're also speaking of peaked in the 90s. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yes, because Yoga Hosers was a surprise thing at Sundance a couple years ago. Oh my god, I, such a pile of shit. Oh my god, like I can't walk out of movies because I can't review them if I do, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. That one was uh, Husk, I also fucking hated, mainly because... Or no, Tusk. Because it was like like it was okay in one lane, but it kept jumping from lane to lane. Like it was kind of serious, it was kind of a comedy, and then it was kind of like over the fucking top weird. And I was like, right. just pick one. Don't What's like. It? What was the other one that he did? Red or something? Red right? State is actually really good. Red State is good. Okay. I like Red State a lot. Yeah. Red State's actually really great. I have a signed poster from Red State, actually. Husk. There was another one that I was like, oh, this is Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did his weird little horror trilogy. Oh, uh, no, I think, yeah, that's, it's uh, Tusk and Yoga Hosers are connected. Um, What's up, Prim? How you doing, Prim? Come here. Oh, she wants my attention. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, Red State is really great. The rest of his horror movies are pretty shit. Um, And uh, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Okay, now on to Todd. Okay, so Todd, you were saying peaked in the 90s. <laughs> peaked so. in the 90s. Here we are. No, it's, um, so reading this book, it's first time for me going through it, and it's, um, what's interesting, you've got with the art style, there's bits and pieces here where it shows he's actually pretty good. And then it is so character-y, over-the-top, and cliche archetypes over-the-top. It's like, this guy's learning how to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, his, his art is better than his writing. Yeah. yeah. At least his art's on purpose, and his writing seems to not necessarily necessarily be so and it's trying to figure it out i'm like is he tapping in to the cliches or is this guy a little bit of a cliche himself and i can't quite decide i mean it's you can write a book about a serial killer and not be a serial killer but by reading this and i'm like is he so good at making these people bastards that he is a bastard or is he a really good writer but i'm not sure <laughs> but i think he's a bastard just by reading this book i think part of the thing is, is that like yes he writes misogynist really well but even the stuff that's not supposed to be misogynist is, is a kind little of misogynist bit, and yeah. so that's right I think that's part right. of the problem. And that's where it's coming through here. I mean, you have Kachu and Francine and they are, um, Francine's always looking for the man to fulfill and be what it is. And she is like, oh, look, it's a guy. I think I'm in love with him. And it's silly, right? Yeah. And you've got the uh, art guy that, you know, I'll sit next to her while she sleeps through the night. And he's, and he's a decent guy, I think. But I haven't read enough to know. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, I bet he's not going to be a decent guy. Because nobody in this book is decent. Yeah. So it's, um, but it's a little bit, I make that crack about Seinfeld, but there's, I mean, Strangers in Paradise, I think their comment was made like, if it wasn't for love, we'd all just be strangers in paradise and not know each other. I'm like, but I don't want to know these people. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I wouldn't invite them to a party. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's one of these things like, it's like, oh, well, then we want to know people. I'm like, but I don't want to know these people. It's like, it's okay for me not to, like, I'd rather be um, alone than lonely. And all of these people seem terribly lonely. Yeah, mm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Adam, what are your thoughts? So it was really funny because, and you already talked about Atlanta with being short, was that I started reading this and I was like, oh, it's only 78 pages. I remember texting, is this only one volume we're reading or is it supposed to be more? And then like 10 minutes later, okay, good. I'm glad it's only the one volume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was enough. like, I would say you sent that text, no one answered, and then like all of a sudden you're like, no, it's good, it's enough for one volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, and again, I'm not as familiar with Terry Moore. Uh, I was actually kind of doing some some Wikipedia. The, this this uh, Strangers in Paradise ran till 2007. It had 90 yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested, but not enough to go look and see if the end of it is any different than the beginning. Because yeah. again, I'm not familiar with Terry Moore really that much at all. I was looking at his uh, his bibliography, and it seems like he only really had two series with a bunch of one offs uh but i'm kind of in the same boat where it's like i couldn't tell if he was trying to make fun of misogyny and like the way women were kind of looked at especially in the 90s i mean they're still looked that way today but people just you know don't talk about it except on facebook uh but i couldn't tell for sure where it was and then i just kind of got further in I'm like and i was thinking what todd was like i don't care about these people like none of these people are people i'd be like oh hey you know let's go get let's go barbecue or hey let's go we got brunch sometime it's like if i mm-hmm. went somewhere and they were there i would leave or yeah. go somewhere right. else or try to stay away from them and i have a really really hard time uh reading watching doing anything when there's no one likable like i can go read something that has an anti-hero and if i can root for the anti-hero cool or if i hate they're a really cool villain I can, like darth vader i can get behind him don't agree with what he's doing but it's interesting they all lack none of them are captivating you can be an asshole but you need to be a captivating asshole right exactly yeah. like clark so so well there you go i was hoping for a bigger laugh on that one see every so uh, often <laughs> Not stepping in that one. I'll re-edit it. I'll put a whole laugh track in there. We'll, there we'll do a go, big yes. sound If you could, effect, please, yes. yes that'd yeah. be, that would make and me just feel happy. just extend it out. <laughs> and just go in 10 seconds of intense laughter. So when I'm driving down the road, like in between my going to different stores, I can be like, hey, hey, someone did find me funny even if it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> you can be an asshole, but you need to be a captivating asshole, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like Clark. So... <laughs> But you know, us doing the show with a fucking laugh track. Oh my god! I might oh, we do should do like episode a spoof one. episode. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be terrible. That'd be funny. Yeah, have a click track with it, so every time you make a line, you just trigger it. I can actually probably program that. Right, we can do make that. that happen. Yeah, and, and every then time I speak, it just goes crickets. Booze and crickets. Yeah, you'll just do uh, Ken Jong going gay whenever I talk. <laughs> Gay, gay. Um, oh, yeah. So I have a really hard time if there's no one I can root for or someone I can yeah. get behind. And it's one reason why I, I refuse to watch the movie Party Monster, which is. Uh, oh, Great book, though. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, Culkin, movie? I tried watching it. I couldn't. And I, I, I didn't have to review it. So I like that movie and I uh, and I love the book, but I also. That was like 10 years ago or some shit. I don't know if it's held up. Yeah, no. It's Macaulay Culkin. Uh, what's his fuck from Robot Chicken? Can't believe uh, Seth Green. Yeah. It's based on a true story. And that guy just died, I think. I think it wasn't he from Utah or something? So I remember seeing a thing about either... Uh, you talking about James St. James or are you talking about uh, Michael Angie? Uh, I want to say James St. James. I'd read an article about it like about six months ago. Maybe he didn't the, die, the, but... The book is something. written by James St. James who is... Um, uh, fuck, what character is that? That might be the Seth Green character. I want to say it was Seth Green because Macaulay Culkin was like the main character. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin is Michael Angie, which there is an interesting document 
documentary that I watched somewhere about the real thing. Because Michael Angie got out of uh, fucking prison, uh, I want to say like 2012, I think. Then, then it might have been about him because it was something about how he got out of prison and went back to life. And was it was like basically where he'd been in the last like yeah. whatever time. Yeah. I know way too much about that story. I don't know why I know so much about that story, but I do. I find that story fascinating. And it's very... For those of you who don't know, because I think Adam's looking something up, so I'm going to bullshit here for a second. Oh, yeah. Uh, Seth, Seth um, Green was James St. James. Yeah. Oh, Seth Green was James St. James? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that's right. Yeah. So uh, basically what it was about is that these um, these kids were uh, part of the club scene in New York in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Michael um, Alec, he died Christmas Eve. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. From so, a heroin um, overdose. Yeah. They basically... They're were, they were fucking drug addicts and whatever, and what ended up happening is is that this guy who was sort of the ringleader of the group named uh, Michael Ange, and he basically would, like... He was sort of Lady Gaga on a lower scale, you know, well beforehand. Like, he would wear all polka dots all over his face to a party for no, no, no fucking Lady reason. Gaga. Like, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Uh, Gaga. Uh, but, uh, like, he would just do shit like that. Well, they ended up killing their drug dealer, chopping up... Well, he killed the drug dealer, chopped up the body and hit it, and then eventually was caught and then went to prison for a murder. Uh, even though they claimed that he died of natural causes and they were just afraid because they were on drugs and they hid the body. I don't know. There's a whole thing. The book is written by James St. James, which, who was this guy who was deeply involved and it was basically the roommate and best friend of Michael Angie. Uh, I don't think I'm saying his name right, but that's okay. Um, but it's a fascinating story and, like, I don't know. I, I think it's very interesting, but I, I have a weird fascination with true crime in general, so that's probably... I mean, me and, like, every other 30-something-year-old female. Um, but uh, that's how it goes. I thought I'd get a laugh out of uh, Elena for that one, but apparently not. I think the reason why I've, I've had a problem with uh, uh, the whole non-likeable thing. So that movie, I was watching it with my ex, and I, I just like, you know, I can't. I just, I can't even. I pulled Elena. It's like, nope, I can't. Because yeah. he's uh, too similar to your ex. Probably, yeah. But uh, I think the reason why I, I got into the thing where I can't get behind stuff was uh, I went through a phase where I was reading a lot of Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, that guy, did, yeah. Like, I, did, like, I've read a lot of his work, and that guy's a fucking monster on his own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's. It, but again, yeah. his books are, there's no one, there's no one good. Like, there's no yeah. one like, hey, there's some no, no, worthwhile no. redeeming quality about this person. Also, he's an asshole. Fuck that guy. I hope he gets oh, dude, There's some um, funny shit. Um, I think it's uh, uh, Chuck Cloisterman writes a thing about how even Brett Easton Ellis takes himself so seriously that he there's a, a, a situation where he doesn't even get the joke that he's behind. Like, they call him in to, like, narrate something because he's, like, the worst fucking person to do it, and he doesn't get the joke because he takes himself so fucking seriously. So you're saying he's, like, the Hickman of, of, of novels? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, I think that's a very <laughs> accurate... Um, no, I think... I, I, I honestly think that that's accurate, though. I really do. No, I, actually, I do enjoy some Hickman, and I, I I watched it, I read his stuff because I watched the movie Rules of Attraction back when I worked at Blockbuster, and that's a decent movie. They do some really cool shots with cinematography. Yeah, but, again, but that's, that's more, no one uh, worth watching. Roger Avery, Richard Avery, Roger Avery? Who? Roger. Roger Avery. That's more him that made that work. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, that's what made that work. Um, Like, because I watched uh, fucking, we were on such a weird movie side no, tangent okay. on this one. Well, because well, we love the book so much. Can, can we just, I just want to make sure I'm thinking of the right movie. This is the one with Dawson. Jim, yeah, Jimmy right? Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, was the like, only reason I watched it and then yeah. realized that Ian Somerhalder was in it. Yes. And right. then it was after that that I, and that I will was say, Vampire Diaries. And by the way, when he was in it, I just remember watching it going, he's the creepiest motherfucker I have yeah. ever seen in Absolutely. my life. No, the, the best part of that movie for me is when the two gay guys go out to dinner with their uptight mothers in New York mm -hmm. and 
and like just cause a fucking scene. Like that's my favorite part of that whole movie. Uh, that's all I really remember about it. Other than that, like oh, and then there's the whole um, glamorama thing where it's the kid and they, they they basically went and had a guy shoot his own like escapades in uh, Europe, and then that became what his character is Kip whatever Kip, Kip Pardue. Pardue. Yeah, yeah, yeah from scene. from uh, Return of the uh, Remember the Titans. Right. Yeah, that anyway. scene. That, yeah, that montage is so much fun. It just came like rapid fire. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah. So that's why I got into reading Brett Easton Ellis, and I read Rules of Attraction first, which mm-hmm. didn't Brett Easton Ellis, didn't he do um, American Psycho? Yeah. He did American Psycho. He, uh, there's a bunch of characters that are related, because um, the Vanderbeek character, in theory, is the brother of the American Psycho character. Because Bateman was, like, related to James yeah. Vanderbeek's character in this. James Vanderbeek was his brother. Okay, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah. James Vanderbeek's a Bateman as well. There's also a Bateman that appears in um, uh, Less Than Zero. Um, I don't remember which one it is. Uh, they make reference to the, uh, I think Lesson Zero makes reference to the guy, who the Bateman who is in uh, American Psycho. From, it's been a while since I've read them. I've read a Actually, bunch of them. Yeah, Wikipedia, it's like Sean Bateman is James Vanderbeek. He's the younger brother of Patrick Bateman. So. Yes, and Patrick and Bateman's I, American Psycho, yeah. Yeah, and I never read American Psycho. I did have fun with the movie, but they were interviewing the director or the writer for the movie and was like, and she was like, she's like, I read the, she's like, the movie is fucked up, but she's like reading the book. It's almost like you're like reading the wet dreams of a serial killer. I'm like, nope, I don't yeah. need to go there. I'm, yeah, I'm no, good sure. without that. So yeah. uh, anyway, so back to this book that I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> again, one of the problems I had was that I couldn't root for anyone. Like my favorite right. moment in the whole thing was because when she was going to supposedly cut off his dick, the only reason why that was my favorite moment, it made me think of the movie Hard Candy, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And that's uh-huh. an amazingly fucked up movie. And that, it was like the same type of thing. Yeah. But that was my only enjoyable moment in this book. I just, I didn't, I just, I couldn't. I, I was like, I, I don't care about these people people. They're all, no one I'd want to hang out with. There's no redeeming qualities. They all have to be victimized by men to have anything good happen to them or like, they'll make them react or do anything. And then like you were saying like, Oh, because you broke up with me, my man was cheating on me. I'm going to go get naked in front of him and like make him think that look what he's missing type thing. It's like, yeah, we've kind of moved past this as far as the female trope stereotype that again, some guys I'm sure like incels still think is out there, but well, but even at the end when she was like, I was going to, you know, what I was waiting for was our, our one year anniversary was the day that you walked out. And I was like, well, first off, you're a bitch because he asked you what you were waiting for and you didn't give him an answer. So it just makes you seem like you're trying to control him. And he's an ass because he keeps trying to push you to do it. The only highlight in anything that he said was we're two adult, like two consenting adults and you're not consenting. So at least he's not trying to force her. He's trying to talk her into it, but he didn't right. try to rape her and anything. Yeah. But with that said, she so was that's, also, a, that's the good part of his character. He didn't try to he rape didn't her. Try to rape her. <laughs> he wasn't a rapist. Okay, great. But, but it's but I mean that's yeah. it. And the fact that at the end she like when she they blackmail him because obviously because he was a shithead in one area, he's a shithead in every area. Yeah, right. Which I, I mean, okay, I, whatever. But it's like, a little too cliche to have your villain be bad on all accounts. In all accounts, but not only that, but then turn around and she's like, I was gonna have sex with you on our anniversary and that was the day that you walked out and it's like shut the fuck up that just sounds like some bitch that wanted to say something because he broke up with her that day like just that wasn't what you were planning I'll play devil's advocate yes there is indications if you read the way the dialogue lays out when he's walking out she's trying to say something and he keeps steamrolling over her and then walks out so there is like a a breadcrumb that that is what's gonna happen in theory doesn't make a good 
writing. It doesn't, but it also doesn't make it a good excuse. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. Okay, but at least you didn't rape her. Yes. Uh, In all this conversation, I think I have an interesting thought on this. Mm -hmm. This is the ugly stepsister of um, Giant Days. Giant Days does this same sort of storyline. Female friendship, relationship trauma, but also well-developed characters who are all fucking endearing far better than this shit does. Well, and here's the difference. You also have a character who realizes that she likes women and not men and she's not madly in love with the two friends. Yeah. She's not men hating in anything. Yep. So you just, ha- you're right. It's, it's, they tried to do, he tried to do what Giant Days ended up doing, but Giant Days did it better. Way better. Yeah. Way, very, way very better. Well, yeah. And Giant Days was really cool because we're, you know, the, the one girl, she like has a crush on the other one and she's like, hey, just, you know, I'm not really into women. The thing with that was that as a gay person, like that is so identifiable. It's like, it's, I swear to God, every person I know who's queer, the first person they fall in love with and get a crush on is straight. Yeah. And there's no chance there. It's like, it's like a rite of passage to fall in love with a, a straight man or woman, whoever ah. it is, because you're like, you're, and, and you're... here's the thing. It's also a rite of passage for a straight person to fall in love with a gay person. That's fucking happened to me. I'm sure it's fucking happened to Lena. Maybe not to Todd. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, you never know. Oh, I mean, you're, you're the, you're the outlier on this, you know, <laughs> high school sweetheart kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Todd, you can just sit in the back and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> dating in the time of Facebook, and I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. That's I, I stopped yeah. looking for partners well yeah. before Facebook was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was back when it was Friendster. Um Friendster. No, friends wasn't no Friendster was the first one, wasn't it? No, no. Friendface is a reference to uh the TV show The IT Crowd. Right. Oh god, I need to watch that again. I just <laughs> I, I quote it nonstop and I always forget things. But yeah, yeah it just it's so Giant Days did it right and it was really relatable because hey, guess what? This has happened. This is real life. And she handled it well. She was sad, and you're allowed to be sad. You know, yeah. when you're when you have like you know feelings for someone and they're not requited, that's you're allowed to have those, those well, feelings, but it wasn't like this one where it's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to just slobber all over you. And like, like for a while, I thought they were girlfriends because like the way she's like consoling yeah. her and like taking yeah. advantage of like her emotional state. Like, that's not fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing I will say about Giant Days too, that I kind of love that this doesn't do is like in here, you have a girl whose relationship ends and she's freaked out and fucking destroyed by it. In Giant Days, you have a character who fucking hates this guy and you think it's because they dated and comes to find out he just wasn't interested and embarrassed her. And so that's why she fucking hates him. There was no relationship there, which is far more realistic of you being like embarrassed that you sort of laid it on the line and they weren't interested and now you're like angry and avoiding them or whatever. Like I can, I've probably done that. I'm sure I can if I think of an example. Everyone's fucking done something like that. Everyone knows someone who's fucking done that. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Like this just felt too fucking cliche. Like and by the numbers to a certain extent, you know. But anyway, I, I know. And I could, I could see, and again, like we talked about, was he a creep? Is he just trying to be creepy in this? Like his, his end thing is like, oh, well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure these women are powerful and making them fuck over the guy who's an asshole. To Lena's point, that doesn't make you good people. That doesn't yeah. make you people you can right. root for. I mean, for all we know, yeah, the guy could have been a scumbag in this part of his life. Maybe he was like, he worked at a homeless shelter. I, I don't know. But you're like, I don't know. I just, it didn't resonate with me. I'm not really a vindictive person either. Like, you know, there, if you cross my line in the sand, I'll just cut you out of my life. I'm not going to go get revenge on you because that takes up way too much free rental room in my head. Uh, I don't know. I just, when I first started, I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll see where this goes. And then by the end of it, I was like, this 78 pages feels like it's 250. I think I, it feels like I read the Star Wars faster than I read this. And we all know how much we love that one. Yeah. Uh, the only redeeming quality I can give it was that it wasn't as bad as last week's. Oh. Yeah. Trouble was rough. Yeah. That's the only, and it's short. 
Uh, and again, I would be interested yeah, in maybe seeing funny. that, hey, 15 years down the road, or 13 years down the road, when you wrapped it up, have you learned anything? At the same time, I don't care enough to go look. So. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, that feels like a good spot. Does anybody else have anything else before we uh, move on? No, I like the review. Read Giant Days instead. Yeah. 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 Read Giant Days. Read Giant yeah. Days and go watch some of the movies and realize they're a little bit dated, but they're still fun. Uh, cool. Well, then, for grades, let's start with Mr. Todd. C minus. Okay. Lena? C minus. Adam? Yeah, C minus. Uh, I'm going to give it a D because let's be honest, I'm a fucking like completist. And if I don't fucking complete a series, it's fucking shit. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, this is one I can unborrow right now while we're talking. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm just happy that I bought this like 10 years ago and didn't have to rebuy it. I'm kind of happy about that. I didn't pay anything. Well, it's on Comixology yes. Unlimited. Yes. And all of them are on Comixology Unlimited. So if you really want to see if he became less of a misogynist through through the years, you I'm can actually kind of tempted. Without having to pay for something. I'm, I'm kind of tempted. I might read a few of them on the side just to see if it gets any better. I don't know. I'm curious. I really am curious about that. Uh, cool. So well, then you uh, can let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, my, my pile of my to be red pile is, is shrinking ever so quickly. No, it's not. Uh, speaking of my uh, to be red pile, next week we are going to be reading Heartstopper. It's long. Uh, is it long? Uh, 300 pages almost. I just looked at oh. it. <laughs> Oh, I it's guess a, that's a day then. But it's, like, yeah. it's but in print, it's like a smaller format. Like it's like a, a manga size, so it might be fast. I don't. I know. wonder if this is. Let me see, because it says it's volume one. Oh yeah, it's it's big. It's yeah, the pages go fast. Yeah, I mean, there's like two frames per page. Yeah, so, so I, it won't be probably too bad. I'm looking forward to it. it, it whatever list I pulled it off of, they really like this book. Um, week after that, Yay. we're doing. Yeah, we're doing Blue Flag. That'll be that. Uh, tentatively, our August uh, theme will be Dog Days of Summer. We're going to be doing all dog books. We have a pretty good list together, but we need to uh, sort of uh, lock a couple of them in. And uh, and we'll probably talk about those next week. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. Bye. Oh, Lenny, you have the stop button this time. Oh, yeah.